0: Yo! Hey! Hello, Team Adulam! How are you guys doing? Man, it is so good to be back, back here teaching you guys, back here being able to just like do what it is that I love to do, which is to teach God's Word. I'm so excited about this year and the things that we're going to learn together. It's going to be dope. I thank you so much guys for the people who continue to pray for us those who continue to give those who continue to support thank you so much we are now headed to our second year anniversary which is so exciting um but yeah man it's just like so happy to be back third year we're headed to the third year okay yes <laughs> so we're we're celebrating the two-year anniversary and going into our third year which is so exciting it's so exciting anyway Um, We've been over here just as the team just resting Uh, Last year we talked about like the importance of rest and us guys have actually been doing it So it's super dope, feel incredibly rejuvenated and ready to be able to just like, you know Let's go! Let's do this! It's gonna be a good year Now, um, we had started a series that we haven't finished yet There's still two more episodes that I wanted to do on faith lifestyle now, if you remember why we were doing Faith Lifestyle is because it's a series about how to cultivate a lifestyle of faith, right? The Bible says that the just shall live by faith, right? And in Hebrews 11, it tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so really, when we think about a lifestyle of faith, it's really a life of, of, of pleasing God. A life that pleases God is a life of faith. And so what we're learning through this series is how to cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Through this series, now I want, like I said, I want us to do two more, um, two more of these uh, episodes. Um, And on this episode, what I want us to do is to study the very famous and popular story of Peter, rather Jesus and Peter walking on water. And we're going to read from Matthew fourteen, from verse twenty-two to thirty-three. Okay, so thirty-three. All right, let me read. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. "'Lord, if it's you,' Peter replied, "'tell me to come to you on the water. "'Come,' he said. "'Then Peter got down out of the boat, "'walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. "'But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, "'and began to sink, and cried out, "'Lord, save me.' "'Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. "'You of little faith,' he said, "'why did you doubt? "'And when they climbed into the boat, "'the wind died down. "'Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, "'saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. "'Amen.'" Now, to provide some context to this story, uh, at this point in time, you know, Jesus had, had one of very many wild days, and this was one of them, right? Where there's a lot of activity that's happening within this day. Now, the day started off with Jesus hearing of the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, right? And obviously, so the day didn't start too well in terms of receiving very sad news. And Jesus, who needed a moment to be able to go and just you know, mourn um, this news that he's had. What he does is that he tries to withdraw by boat to go privately to a solitary place. But at this point, the challenge is that Jesus has become so popular at this point, that he's so popular that the crowds followed him wherever he went, right? So rather than him kind of sending them away, What he decides to do, and which is so amazing, is he instead has, it says, has compassion on the people and began to heal their sick. And so Yeshua, after he sees this, he's just like, man, I want to go mourn, but... Let me first go and pray for my people, you know, and, and, and heal the sick, which is so dope. Now, as evening came around, Jesus performs another extraordinary miracle. What he does is that as he's teaching, he feeds 5,000 men, including women and children, from five loaves of bread and two fish, right? Now, many of us know the story of the, the Jesus feeding the multitudes with five loaves and two fish, right? And the thing is, is that here... It's so amazing how we realize how in Yeshua's hands, how things are able to multiply, right? That in his hands, in, 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 in his divine hands, that things are able to multiply, right? Now, after this is done, what Jesus does is, is that he tells the disciples to get into the boat and head on to the other side, right? As he dismisses the crowd that had come to listen to him and says, I will join you guys later. Now, after dismissing the disciples, right? What he does is that, it says after he dismisses the disciples and after he dismisses the crowd it says that he goes up to a mountainside alone to pray right which something according to the scriptures that he did often right that oftentimes that he would go away by himself to pray now after he is done praying he decides that rather than use his power to bring you know i can imagine jesus just being like bring the boat back you know it's like then the boat just Is just there coming back to him. Instead, he decides that he's going to walk on water towards his disciples, right? Now, the thing is, me, I don't know what Jesus was on on that specific day, but this day, he was here just straight flexing his divinity, right? He puts his divinity on full display before his disciples, right? And I don't know if, because it's interesting, because the previous chapter, what had happened is that Jesus had gone to his hometown, and in his hometown, he was incredibly wound up and upset simply because on that day the, the, he was rejected in his hometown because a lot of these guys were like, ah, we know this guy, right? They were questioning him and questioning his divinity. Where did he get all these things? This isn't this Joseph's son. Is this Mary's son? Like, when did he understand? Don't we know his brothers and his sisters are here with us? Who is this guy? So they really questioned his divinity. And his purpose and who he was. And he comes and he says that a prophet is not without honor, especially in his own home, right? This was now the chapter before. So when this chapter comes, I don't know if this is like where he's he's trying to demonstrate to his disciples, like, my guy, I am that guy, right? I don't know what's going on. But the thing that's interesting is that most miracles that Yeshua did did not revolve around healing and casting out of demons. But on this day specifically, he does two remarkable things. The day first and foremost begins by him taking five loaves of bread and two fish and feeding 5,000 plus people. I mean, this is incredibly wild. I mean, who but God can do such a thing? And then later on that day, after, do, after feeding 5,000 people from so little, he then decides to walk on water <laughs> towards his disciples, straight flexing, Right? Now, you know, them telling tell you, there are so many things you can fake, as there are many preachers I've seen faking my healings and all these things. But I can assure you there are very few who have been able to replicate what Jesus did on this day. I don't know of many who have been able to feed 5,000 from two loaves, to five loaves and two fish, or even just walking on water, right? Defying all the laws of gravity. To me, I'm telling you, like, every time I think about this walking on water thing, I just, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, we've read this story for so long, that we have become so accustomed to just like, yeah, he walked on water. I don't know if you understand how remarkably insane that is, right? So the thing is, is that these guys were so petrified when they see Jesus doing this, they thought it was a ghost. And of course, I understand why they would imagine that it's a ghost because my this guy is walking on water, water, right? Anyone would be petrified by seeing such a thing. So, but Jesus, what he does is that he calms them down and Peter asks to walk on water. Now, this is where it gets even more wild for me, in my perspective. You know, up until this point, I'll be like, it's cool, cause Jesus, you know, divine son of God, son of man, right? It's understandable for me to be like, and yeah, that guy, he's so dope that the guy was able to walk on water. Amazing for Jesus, right? The miracle worker. He just fed 5,000 plus people on five, with five loaves and two fish. Ain't no thing. Of course, he can walk on water. For me, the thing that is incredibly remarkable is the fact that not only is he the one walking on water, but he he literally invites Peter to do the exact same thing that he's doing. This is just insane. This is so remarkable to me, right? The fact that they're already walking on water, the disciples were like, my guy, this." They, it says in fact that they th- those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you're the son of God. So the, it's remarkable for Yeshua to do it. But the fascinating thing is, is when Jesus says to Peter, come, and Peter starts to walk on water, I'm like, brah, what a testimony. <laughs> what a testimony, my guy. Right? And it's so remarkable how the thing about walking on water is that all of us have quite remarkable experiences. If you walk with Jesus, this is the beauty of spending time with the Lord, is that you'll find yourself doing some pretty amazingly wild things, like walking on water, right? And I wonder how many experiences have you been through that if you told someone they wouldn't believe you, they'd be like, ah, my guy, that sounds like such a crazy story, right? And I wonder about that, like if you yourself, like, do you have any walking on water experiences, some wild testimonies? Right? And if you do, I'd really love for you to share them with us. It would be nice to hear about your walking on water experiences, right? Things that were just completely wild. Wild experiences, testimonies that you could give like Peter, right? Where guys would look at you and be like, brah, are you sure about that, right? This is the thing that happens when we walk with Yeshua. Is that we get to places where we get to experience wild, wild testimonies. There's so many things I could tell you guys. World testimonies that have happened in my life that were literally experiences of me walking on water. And have become my testimony that I share with people. You know how the Bible says in Revelations that they overcame me by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It is some of these testimonies that really, in a sense, change so many things for you and for others. Anyway, see you can imagine how well this story was for Peter. Now, when his focus was on Jesus, he's able to walk on water. But the thing that happens to Peter is this, is that once he loses focus on Jesus, he begins to sink. And then he cries out to the Lord to save him. And it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And says to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, there are a number of things that we can learn from this story. But there's only three things that I want to be able to bring out from this story that I want us to look at today. And the first thing is this is, I want us to be able to go to the very beginning of this story where it talks about what Yeshua was doing before he started walking on water. Where he says that he went to a mountainside to pray. And so the first thing I want to be able to ask you is, is how is your prayer life? The thing that we realize from this is that the testimony of his disciples was that Jesus often went away to lonely places to pray. So prior to him walking on water, we are told that he went away to pray. In Luke 5.16, it says, the Bible tells us that, of, of Yeshua that, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often withdrew. There are multiple times where we are told how Yeshua went away to pray. He did so often that at one point after coming back from prayer, the disciples asked him, please teach us how to pray. There's this thing that you do a lot. Would you teach us how to do this as well? This was a part of Jesus' routine, going away to solitude places to pray. Now, for anyone who is a disciple, meaning that you are following after Yeshua and his teaching, The goal of every disciple is to imitate their teacher. If you claim that you are a disciple of Yeshua, then what it means then is that you operate in the way that he operates. That's the reason why his disciples asked him, teach us how to pray. And so my point here is this, if the person whom you call Lord, if the person whom you are saying that you're a disciple of, while he was here on earth, it says of him that he prayed regularly, then we must too. This is major keys that he's showing us. And he's showing us and he's saying to us, imitate me. Imitate your Messiah. Then how we will unlock a journey of miraculous, the miraculous, walking in the miraculous, walking on water, is by doing as Yeshua did. Going out and praying spending time going and withdrawing and saying and praying and doing this often this is what he did often and so we must do the same so that's the first thing that i wanted to bring out is to ask you how is your prayer life that if you are intending and wanting to live in the will of god in the miraculous then the thing that you need to start to do is to begin to start to look at your prayer life and do as yeshua did often he went away to lonely places to pray remember how he teaches us that we go into your closet and that closet is oftentimes just a place where you can spend time in prayer and talk to your father who is in heaven this we can do every single day oftentimes even during the day where you just take a moment just to go and talk to god about anything that's happening around you and to seek his wisdom to seek his guidance to seek his direction amen now the second thing is this number two is ask and believe now the thing i want to bring out about this is this what oftentimes that what i've taken away from this story of uh, uh, jesus and peter walking on water is that the, the, the part that we oftentimes focus in on is, is where Peter begins to walk on water, he loses his focus, and he begins to sink because he loses his focus on Jesus. And a lot of times what this story has taught us and to, said to us is teaching us that keep your focus on Jesus. Do not be distracted by all the things that are happening around you. Do not be distracted by the winds and the waves and all these things that keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Yeshua, right? And the thing is, is that this is how I've always kind of like, you know, this story, it's like, yo, bam, 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 look at that, that's dope, right? And which is true. This is a true depiction of this story. But the thing is, just like with every single story in the scriptures, there's always so many different perspectives to consider. And one that came across to me from this story is when you realize that on this boat, that there were many other disciples on that boat, but it was only Peter who had the courage to ask if he could walk on water. You know, this is where the story gets really interesting, by the way, because by Peter being able to walk on water, what Yeshua was saying to us all is that through him we can do great things. But the thing about this story is this, is that Peter was the only one in that boat, who had the courage to ask to walk on water and the courage to actually step out of the boat and do it. He had the courage to ask to do this insanely wild thing that Yeshua was doing in the midst of a storm. So let's keep this in context. This is not like calm day. These these, the, the reason why they think Jesus is a ghost is because he's coming through the waves, right? And through the wind. So there's, already, there's, there's, a, there's a storm that's happening. And Peter, in the midst of a storm, asks if he could walk on water. In the midst of a storm, he asked Yeshua. And what does Yeshua say? He says, come. And then he steps out. Not only does he ask. When he's told come, he then steps out of the boat and began walking towards Yeshua. Now the thing, the reason why I bring this out is because Many of us are not like Peter. In fact, many of us are more like the other disciples on the boat. Right? And the thing is, you may find yourself envying someone's testimony. And that time, maybe the reason that person was able to walk on water was simply because they asked. Yeshua said, come. And they took a step. You, on the other hand, boat, like the other disciples, not having asked? Or maybe you asked and you were told, come, and you have not taken the step. And now you're envying the person who did. That's why those guys are walking on water. It's because they asked, Yeshua said, come, and they took the step. Now the thing that's interesting is this, is that when Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith, I'll tell you what, Little faith will always be better than no faith. Jesus teaches us that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. It turns out it can also cause you to walk on water. At some point Peter became afraid and he began to drown. But Jesus was there to help him. But the thing is is that none of the other disciples walked on water, just Peter. Because he asked. And when Jesus said come, he took that step and he went. <laughs> he took that step and he went. So the question here that I want to ask you in, this, in the midst of this is that ask and believe. Like, do you ask and do you believe? The believing part is exactly what Peter did, where he asked. And when Yeshua said, come, he took that step. So the question is, are you Peter? Even with your little faith, are you Peter? Or are you the other disciples of no faith? Who never ask. And all they did was just witness and were participants in witnessing other people's miracles. Amen? Then here, this brings me to my third point. The fact that even when we make this step of faith, that Yeshua is an ever-present help. The thing is, is that Peter walks on water, and what happens is that he loses his focus and starts to look at the wind and the waves that were around him. Right? Well, he was focused on Jesus. He was able to walk on the water. But now, once he became distracted by the winds and the waves, He became afraid and started to sink. And it says that he cries out, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, Immediately. Immediately. Yeshua reached out his hand and caught him. Listen friends. I pray that this year will be the year where you will finally decide to stop trying to do things on your own. That this will be the year where you will make it your habit, your consistent habit to go to God for help, for guidance, for wisdom. When Peter cried out to Jesus, he helped him. That's the thing that's so fascinating, is that he could be able to now have the courage to be able to walk on water. Because Yeshua said, come, and he could walk on that water. But the thing is that even when, with his little faith, he began to sink, Yeshua was there to help him he cried out to him and he was there to help him my friends What I've come to find especially well-being in a season with many troubles Is that God is an ever-present help in our time of need Make it your habit to run to him I've made great leaps of faith and lost focus in between many times <laughs> where you're like you walk on the water and you just lose focus in between But every time I call on him for help, he is there. This is what we have such a loving father and shepherd, that he is always there to help his sheep. I truly believe that the reason why Jesus prayed often is because he was in constant need of help from his father. The work he was doing was intense and he needed help. Friends, life is intense. You need a lot of help. And God is there to help you. He is literally there to help you. So you don't have to be afraid to make leaps, to take a step forward. Because even if at some point you become afraid and lose focus, He is there to help us. He is there to help you. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says this, That trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and He will show you the right way. I love how the MSG, the message version puts it, where it says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. I love that. Run to God. I pray for you who is listening that this will be a year where you will make it your habit to run to God. Talk to God about the good, the bad, the ugly. Run to him for wisdom. Run to him for strength. Run to him for clarity. Run to him for mercy. Even when you're in a good time, something great has happened, run to him and go and seek his wisdom. How do I do this, Father? Thank you for this opportunity. How do I engage in it? Thank you for this new job. How do I engage? How can I be of impact? How can I have uh, significance in the place you've planted me? Run to God. Run to God because He is an ever-present help. You need guidance and He is there to guide. It doesn't matter what season of life you are in. The one constant is that you need God and He is there. Always in the joy, in the peace, in the despair, in the grief, in the mundane. He is always there. Run to God. And I truly believe this is what it means to live by faith. It is to live a life dependent on God, where your confidence is in him. Amen? I can assure you that part of the reason why Peter walked out of the boat is because he knew that Yeshua has his back. That's why he walked out on that stormy water. That's why when he was drowning, it wasn't a -a 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 debate about have more faith. As soon as it happened, what he did is that he cried out to the Lord and he saved him. When you ask to walk on water and he says, come, and you step out in that direction, and at some point you start to be afraid and start to sink, it's all right. You have a Savior who will help you get back up. My friends, little faith is better than no faith. And so let me summarize the three points that I've mentioned today. Number one, pray regularly. If it says of Yeshua that he regularly went to lonely places to pray, we should do the same. We should regularly set time to talk to the Father. It's major keys. And it's actually connected to the third point, which is where we're constantly going to him for help. Because we need help in so many things. And then the second thing is this. Are you the guy or are you the person that sits in the boat watching? Or are you going to be the person that asks audacious things and when when Yeshua says come, you take that step. Little faith is better than no faith. So are you going to be on the boat watching or are you gonna be the person who asks and when you're told come, you take that step. And the third and final thing is that Yeshua is an ever present help. When you exercise your little faith this year, He will always be there to help you. So go to him for help and never get wary in going to him for help. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening thus far. And if you are here and you, I want to start off this year and you're listening to this message and you're thinking that my life right now, where I'm at right now, I need help. And you're saying and you can acknowledge that you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I want to take this opportunity especially as the f- kind of first message of the year to be able to invite you into faith in Christ Jesus that the Jesus that I'm talking to you about Yeshua of Nazareth who has come and whose name literally means that he has come to bring you salvation he has come to save you, to help you, and you acknowledge that you're in need of help. I want you to pray this prayer with me today, right? And I want you to pray this prayer with me that, Dear Lord, I acknowledge that I am in need of your help. I am a sinner in need of your saving grace. And so today, I put my faith in your name. That you will come into my life, that you will transform me, that you will change me, and that you will cause me to live a life for you. Come and be my Lord and Savior, for I have put my faith in your name. Thank you for saving me. Man, if you prayed that prayer, God bless you. Hit us up on our WhatsApp or even DM us. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you and see you next week. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us, support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button. Subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.